let's just no intro let's just go in let's go in soft you know um i was actually gonna say that something i'm really proud of that i've been doing lately and Mm -hmm. i think this has been with the help of therapy is that i don't procrastinate that much lately isn't that so weird um yeah and i think like there's some psychology behind it obviously and i think part of the psychology behind it is that uh since you wrote a novella obviously we're gonna talk about that in a little bit um and i wrote two novellas and, but because they're so much shorter than a book, it felt like such a smaller responsibility. So I mm. felt okay just putting everything out there and being like, it's okay. It's not that much. I can fix it. So mm. it gave me like more freedom to kind of work within the construct of writing than I'm used to because it wasn't too much to take on. I think that makes sense because it's not as over what you know how when you write, if you write, well, I mean, obviously I haven't written a ton of books. Like I've written one full one. Which is way more than literally everybody yeah. for the most part. One <laughs> half of a thing, which that thing, who knows what that thing is. And then this novella. But what I liked about writing it was that I remembered what the fuck happened in the beginning. Yes. Yes. That's but what I'm saying. At the end. <laughs> and it's still hard to keep track of all the details, right? Like it's still oh, yeah. difficult. It's a challenge, but like your brain is capable of mm-hmm. mostly keeping like the the like overhead view of everything yeah. pretty well. Okay, yeah. so since we're already talking, I'm going to go ahead and introduce you. Welcome to Tall, Dark, and Fictional, everybody. A podcast about romance fiction by romance writers. Is that what I say? That's um, we are, I think. <laughs> so we're doing like a November TDF episode blitz where we're trying to put out an episode every day for the weekday for the rest of November. And um, SJ's not with us today. She uh, was really busy and she also performed her civic duty for like eight hours today. Um, So I last minute got Gabby on because... Gabby at G. Marie writes a former guest twice over three times. How many three times have you been on? Three times. I think this is your fourth times. time. Um, oh, wow. I know you like it here. Because um, okay. <laughs> Gabby has finished a holiday novella and she just put out a teaser for it. And I'm so excited. And that's what we're going to talk about. Yay. Hello. Say hi. So Gabby, <laughs> hi. let's just put it out there. Where can everyone find you? Uh, Instagram uh, at G. Marie writes. And then also on TikTok, I have no idea what I'm doing over there. Also at Jean Marie writes. Jean Marie writes, Gabby Marie. Um, yes. So anyway, like like you were saying, writing a novella has been like actually a really good experience for just like time management and like emotional management for me. I don't know how it's felt for you. How has it felt yeah. for you? Um, I would say similar. Like I I just kind of decided I like I didn't have any planning in advance. I just sort of was like, you know what, I'm gonna do this because I finished the book that I wrote earlier this year and then I just like kind of floundered for a while and I was like what do I do next do I edit it I don't want to edit that like I just was like nope that's too much don't want to do it (laughs) want to touch that with a 10 foot fucking pole (laughs) nope nope um and it took me so long to write that I was like god this is just overwhelming so I think I just I don't know sometime in October I was like you know it would be fun I love the holidays let's try writing a novella like maybe I'll really enjoy it and I did I actually really 
really had fun writing it. I got to have less characters, so I didn't have to worry about like just extraneous people <laughs> coming in and out <laughs> of their lives. Um, I don't know what that says about me, but I just really enjoyed that I could focus on just like a very short amount of time of a story, just tell this little snippet in time um, and do that. And it was fun. So I really enjoyed writing it. And it made me, um, it reminded me how much I love writing too, because I was doing it every day, but it didn't feel like, oh man, this is going to take four months. Because you could see the end so near. Yeah, exactly. It was a pretty quick write. And then even when I had to edit and like rewrite a large, like portions of it, that didn't even feel like it took too long. So yeah, it's like having a two page paper due instead of like a 20 page paper due. You're like, I'm not going to put it off because I can do this easily. Even though, you know, it wasn't easy. It truly still wasn't easy. No, God, no, no. I (laughs) wanted to stop a few times. You helped me not stop, which was very good. Thank you. What did I do? Tell us what happened. I don't remember. Oh, well, we would just like, you know, you helped me with brainstorming. Like when we would do our sprints, our five, 10 minute sprints that like nobody else seems to like, but we like. (laughs) Just us. Those are the best. Those really work for us. Yeah. Um, things like that. I just, I enjoy the community of writing with friends. Um, and so I was able to do that a lot with this, which I thought was just really helpful. Yeah. I feel like I have found at this stage in my writing career, not my writing career, kind of like my writing mentality. Like mm-hmm. I can, when I am really focused on a deadline, I actually can't write with people so much. I can only write mm-hmm. with like one person or two people at a time. Like, And if we have to have like the same goal, you know, like you or me doing like five and 10 minutes uh, each writing sprint, because otherwise I get anxiety Mm -hmm. about it. And I don't know, it makes me nervous, but it's, I think it's a good sign for me and I think I'll continue to evolve, but I think it means that like um, my, I'm learning and growing, you know? Yeah. And you're figuring out like what works best for you, like what you need to do to get it done. Yeah. And that'll keep changing. I think, have you noticed like a change? Have you noticed improvements in your writing? I think so. Um, One of the things that I struggle with the most is that when I, and I I definitely did this while I was, I made it sound like this was like a breeze and it was not. It was not a breeze. No, it was not. (laughs) Um, There were so many times where I was like messaging you or SJ or like, you know, our our Elaine and and Sam. And I was like, you know what? I hate this. This sucks. People are going to think this is dumb. (laughs) Everybody had to like kind of talk me down from that. But I would feel that every single day where I would just have this, immense anxiety about what I was writing and that I was actually going to maybe have people read it or not read it. My two greatest fears in life. Yeah. They're the opposite of each other. One that people do read it and one that nobody reads it. We call that a conundrum, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. That thing. Yeah. But so let me ask you this. Do you think you could have, so you kind of did this in an interesting order, whereas you wrote an entire novel and then you wrote the novella. Do you think finishing the novel gave you more um, what's the word like motivation to finish the novella definitely because the other one was like 80,000 words and then I was like yeah. oh 20,000 words shit I could do um, that in easy, like two easy. <laughs> yeah. and you did honestly okay so I'll tell more of the story too whereas I think you decide okay so SJ put out a novella second bite you can get that it's available now in KU and you can also order it mm-hmm. from all other places um, hers dropped November 1st and she had planned on doing that for a long time like she had that ready to go as SJ is good about that kind of stuff. That's mm-hmm. why she is fucking killing it, right? Yeah, Me, on the other hand, you, on the other hand, oh, <laughs> we were like, I had no plans <laughs> on doing a holiday novella. Or I think I briefly thought about it 
And then what made us both decide? Because did we decide that together? Maybe I feel like we kind of went on it together. I feel like because we were just like, what are we doing with ourselves? You know what? Yeah, I could write a novella. Like, I really just think we had that conversation (laughs) and it just came up. And I repurposed something that I had started writing months ago that I had like a thousand words of or something. And I was like, those characters are going to get snowed in together. And that's what we're going to do. It's honestly great because uh, SJ says this all the time. And yes, I am speaking for her since she's not here, Uh, (laughs) which is you should not let any of your writing go to waste. Like, you really shouldn't. It like all your ideas are worth finishing. And I fully believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, even your weirdest, worst things, you never know when those are going to come up and be important again. So let's talk about what is your novella about? Sure. So um, the title of it is Snowden Fling, and it's about a couple main characters are Jaden and Eli. And um, Eli is kind of this, I don't know how we describe him, sort of like tech genius. He decide, he is, lives in Silicon Valley and has had a lot, obviously a ton of success there. And um, he's kind of just disenchanted with all of that, with that whole world. He's decided to sell his company. He wants to start a foundation. So he uh, owns a home in Aspen and he's been spending a couple months there because rich people, I you know, can do whatever they want. They do be um, doing that. Yeah. yeah. Capitalism again. Books about capitalism. <laughs> I mean, all my characters are rich because yeah. I don't want anyone to worry about money in any of my books. Yeah. Fair. And um, and then uh, Jade, my uh, female main character, uh, lives there as well and works for a staffing company. And uh, the staffing company happens to supply, makes it, that sounds weird, but like, <laughs> Like uh, v- the VIPs that come to spend uh, time in Aspen and vacation and long term stays with, you know, wh- whatever they might need, a personal chef, a personal trainer, an assistant. And so that's what Jade is. Uh, she's his executive assistant. And um, she's had a crush on him this whole time. And then they just happen to get snowed in together at for New Year's. <gasps> So technically, this is a New Year's holiday yes. novella, which I love because I love New Year's personally. Yeah, I it's do too. It still feels like Christmas, like, um, or, you know, a re- just in general, that holiday time. So like, I kind of reference because that time between, you know, that time between like the Christmas holiday and New Year's where like nothing means time means nothing. Yeah, no yes. Is. Um, if you do have to work, like we're half-assing it, like, yes, at least I am. Um, yes. but yeah, so that's what I wrote about that in between time. And because I've read some of it, I haven't read all of it. Um, I do know, like, even in the beginning, if I can mention this, you, sure. you bring up kind of the remnants of Christmas, like the old Christmas cookies mm-hmm. that are still sitting out and how they've eaten too many. And I don't remember if they had decorations up or not at that point, but, um, even like just the idea of like old Christmas cookies sitting out that you're mm-hmm. like still eating the next week you know, a familiar feeling for all of us. Um, Yes. What are, so do we have any other tropes you want to drop? Um, I mean, really, I mean, it's really just forced proximity. Um, It's not even. So we have a, a, well, we have a tech millionaire. That's definitely a trope, right? Oh, that's true. We have a a workplace idea, like a a workplace situation. Do we have an age gap? Can't even market my own fucking book. No, this is the time (laughs) to talk it out. I know. You're right. Yeah, it is. It is workplace romance that just happens to take place. (laughs) 
So snowed uh, in. Yes. Snowed in. Um, do we have a grumpy sunshine happening? It kind of feels like we do, but no. If so, it's like very light, but. We'll think about that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't go too hard on that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know your story that well. I guess anything else that we have. Holiday novella and like some unrequited, like an unre- a little bit of an unrequited love slash crush type yeah. vibe. Yeah. I'm not um, sure the, the verbiage for that one. Yeah. So, you know, that mishmash of things. That's what it is. There's actually quite a bu- quite a bit in there and yeah. I think it uh from what I've read of it so far I'm really excited I can't wait to see the final product uh Gabby put a teaser up on Instagram that was very cute and when are we doing a cover reveal how is that going to be going about um I don't know what day I'm going to do it yet but um it should be coming in the next like one to two weeks soon and then soon. also yeah. Uh, this will be available on KU as well, right? It will, yep. Kindle Unlimited okay. for sure. So if you have a subscription to KU, and who amongst us at this point does not, there is no reason why you shouldn't download no. this book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it feels weird to talk about myself. This is very strange for me. <laughs> really? But you've done this yeah. before with us. You've literally yeah, come on and done this. Like, not about like a like an actual, but I know, but it's like coming. It's like a thing that I'm actually it's gonna doing. It's going to be real. Yeah. Yeah, it's real. And it's freaking me out a little bit you're accountable accountable for the whole thing yeah oh shit (laughs) it's terrifying hi everybody please read the book i'll love you forever yeah indeed (laughs) certainly read the book it's a novella it's on ku what the fuck do you have to to lose i mean what else are you going to be doing over this holiday you definitely want to read it i i saw the cover i know what the cover looks like because i'm on the inside Mm -hmm. here um i love it uh let's do a little shout out um your cover and both of my covers were designed by former tall dark and fictional host beatrix sawad who makes covers if you are looking for covers and she does a very excellent job she Mm -hmm. and i she was very patient with me very patient so I am grateful for her and I think we figured it out in the end um how did you feel about the choices of like making a cover and having to like come up with a marketing strategy in that sense um I think I I, I'm not like the most visual person when it comes to like I I can look at something and know that I like it but if you ask me to describe what I want I will I can't do it really um so she was so patient with me like when we talked about it and I don't know if she just like I gave her a summary of what the book was about and she was like all right this is enough information for you know the colors that you want and all this and you know what came out of it was I was like oh you just took what was in my brain and you put it onto a cover this is amazing um that is so I, I found yeah I found that process um really easy and she's so great to work with and it was a lot of fun and like working with somebody you know is always obviously gonna be more enjoyable um just because they know mm-hmm. you in general so mm-hmm. um I'm very impressed with her work and so I'm excited that I was able to work with her for it yeah it was really cool to be able to, I agree I I am excited to show all of our covers but I also think that just with practice these things will become more clear as we do them you know what I mean like picking out covers Mm -hmm. and because I had a really interesting kind of experience of feelings throughout this whole thing where I was like 
Well, first of all, I was totally like pantsing it. I was like, I don't know what my story really is, but I I need a cover, which is very difficult <laughs> to do. But then, yeah. but then I realized like I wasn't. I went back and forth like a million times about covers, and part of the reason why is because my vision was not clear on what it mm-hmm. was I needed to do, and because I had no experience or practice with that before. Because when I worked with a publisher, it was like they give you a cover, right? And if you don't like it, it's not your fault. You know, (laughs) it's like, and you can, even if it's not your favorite thing in the world, you can still trust that they have some knowledge that some, Mm -hmm. you know, institutional knowledge that they're bringing to the table about like, well, even if you don't like it, it's going to sell in X, Y, and Z markets. Right. I don't really have that. Like, I don't intuitively have that. I, what I have is like my inner artist, like my inner writer, my inner creative telling me like all the things I should do. And then when you actually look at the market, it is not copacetic or in line with any of those things. Right. So like my brain is not to market. So I had to kind of juggle this feeling of like, do I just look at all the best sellers for holiday novellas and like copy that, you know, Mm -hmm. or do I do something that feels more authentic to me? Because actually like those two things are not, uh, they're not congruent, you know, what's best selling and like what I actually want to do. And I struggled with that. And I still struggle with that. No, I mean, well, I think that's also like an area where you and I differ. Like I, I, I don't have so much in my head of what I specifically want. that do you know what I mean if that makes sense I don't have a vision really for that kind of thing but would you have known if it was wrong when you got the pro if you got the end result yes I think so right so you do have a vision there is one there (laughs) (laughs) something in this brain here Um, something's the gears they are turning yeah, I guess. I mean, I get, I don't know how to explain it. I think I just got lucky that, you know, it, it like it worked out, but I didn't have there wasn't I didn't have a lot of um, internal like, I don't know if this is too different from the market, I guess. Um, yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, I had like too much emotional strife included in this process, which is pretty on brand for me. I'm not going to lie. It's pretty (laughs) on brand. I just need to, when things are novel and new to me, you know, I like a lot of feelings tend to come up. So I need a little bit of experience, I think, Mm -hmm. to kind of ground me into reality (laughs) doing stuff and how to make choices. But I think you're a little bit more of a positive person than I am, or at least you have been throughout this experience. I mean, I don't know if it's that I'm more positive. I just am like a little more, maybe I'm more like by the seat of my pants. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I fully realized that I could fail and like, okay, like (laughs) I I don't want to like at all, but and I say all this now when like I could cry into my pillow probably later. Like I definitely have had those moments. Yeah. I don't know how to explain it. I, I'm just like, I gotta, you know what? I have to finally put something out there yes. and just, yes. just fucking do it. Cause like for too long, I've been saying, Oh, I want to do this and I want to do that. And then I wasn't doing any, wasn't doing it. So I think what this has been mostly helpful for beyond the fact that it was fun to do that. I had fun doing it even when I was like complaining not only that it was fun to do, but that it got me back into like a path of, you know, this is, these are the things that I actually want to do. Like, I want to pursue this. I want to be able to continue doing this. And it's helping me see that I can do it. Yeah. Um, and I will say though, the part of figuring out the cover um, and then, Hey, when do I tell people about this? And when do I tell people about this? That part has definitely been the, the, uh, 
like scary, scarier, I guess. But because I think we have, we both have friends that we can like lean on who've done this multiple times. It makes it, if I was like just doing this alone and I didn't know anybody, I would lose. I don't know what I, I probably wouldn't do it. So I, I do wonder, like, I guess it, I never really considered it before I started writing, like what a writing community actually means when you're Mm. part of it and how that matters so much. And I don't know. It's, it, it's true because nobody, there is, there is quite literally no handbook about how to do these things. Mm-mm. I'm sure people sell stuff and you could take courses and whatever, but like, unless you're actually in the nitty gritty, like watching people do it and like, you know, mm-hmm. it, it feels very abstract. And so we've yeah. seen like in a concrete way, how people um, become successful or how they put their stuff out there, like how they uh, market things. But I agree with you. I feel like a little bit lost, um, especially as far as marketing is concerned, because I'm just like not ready or prepared with anything so all my shit's going out like bam 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 last minute like good luck to you you know um (laughs) and that's okay Okay. I'm okay with that I'm okay with that because what do I expect like we both wrote our novellas you know like very close (laughs) so late in this season (laughs) but I am so so proud of you and so excited for what you did because like you wrote two I I mean mean, it's awesome one's pretty short yeah but like I'm proud that you're taking this step. I think it is um, a step that you don't, you don't like reverse from, you know what I mean? You don't revert yeah. back into like, now you will be a published author. And yeah. I think that's important. I also want to say, cause you mentioned like the worry about failure, which obviously, yeah, we all worry about that. But at the same time, failure is not binary. Does that make sense? Like yeah. it, there is no, because your book will live a long life and sure. what you do and, and like, like what you do will be cumulative and build on mm-hmm. it on itself. And I, so I don't think there could be a failure. I don't think yeah. it's possible. Well, and I think we all like have our own definitions of failure too. So I think my, my definition of failure is people hating it. And by virtue of hating it, hating me. Like that's my I own. I totally feel that. Yeah. My own weird brain thing that like, I just is so internalized within me that if I feel like if somebody doesn't like something that I've produced, that it means they don't like me. That'd be like, if somebody didn't like something I cooked, I would think that they didn't like me. No, I think it's not weird. And I actually <laughs> don't think it's like, it's not, it's kind of like the cooking thing, but it's even more because yeah. these are like, words from your brain these are like things you have thought of right but I mean I think it's safe to say I don't think people are gonna hate it at all by (laughs) any means um, yeah, these, these are just my fears. I'm telling everybody. Of course, <laughs> of course. And it's, I think it's normal and good to have those fears. We all have those fears. And yeah. I think that's like, if you didn't have those fears, I'd be like, you're a fucking maniac. Like, go get out of here. You shouldn't be so confident. <laughs> <laughs> Take you down a peg or two. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah. I but that's, I, I like that. I think that, um, and hopefully this is like building blocks, you know, building yeah. blocks for, for like reaching whatever you want out of your writing career what do you want out of your writing career oh like as a question yeah um I mean I want to be a published author which I think is you know very nearly on the horizon right so soon um I don't know I don't have I just want to keep writing books that I really enjoy writing and that just someone enjoys reading that's like it I don't have any like 
I like to keep my expectations for most things low um, so that I can be pleasantly surprised. But I just want to entertain people, really. You know, I I read, as we've talked about before on the podcast, like I read constantly. I read a crazy number of books every week. It's like I haven't been reading it so much lately just because I've been doing this. But in general, I read a ton. And I know how happy books make me. And so I just would like to share that with other people with my writing, as cheesy as that sounds. Um, so yeah, that's my goal. That's what I hope happens. Um, I and if, it's I, cheesy. if I ever someday got to a point where I could be like a full-time author, I mean, yes, that would be, the that's the ultimate, right? But um, baby steps. One step in front of the other, one foot in front yeah. of the other. Uh, I, yeah, I always think about this question, like, why is it I even want to do this? What is mm-hmm. it in me that like compels me to write a story and I don't know what it is but I think it's similar to the same like the same thing that makes people want to have babies Mm. like the weird act of creation (laughs) I think I don't know since I don't want to have babies but like but I get what you're saying yeah yeah because it's like I have to make this thing and put it I I must I must Mm -hmm. make a thing and like for the reasons you're saying too like because I want to entertain people I want to make people feel something I want to make people feel the things that other artists have made and writers and whatever have made me feel exactly but why that's the question why do we want that I mean, why do we want anything, right? We can go down that road. <laughs> like, I do. I I seriously wonder, though. I'm like, why are we compelled to do that? Is that just humanity? Is that just, you know what I mean? I mean, like, to be feel like if we were to be like philosophical about it. I mean, I guess humans have always been drawn to create things, depending on what it is. I mean, at the end of the day, even if people don't think that they're creative, they are in some way. Yes, agree. they maybe don't know it. And I used to always think I was like, I'm not a very creative person. I can't draw. I can't sing, you know, like all those things. And then I was like, I am shocked to hear this. I know that's weird, right? Like, I don't think that anymore. But you could write, but also you were a ballerina. Yeah. I mean, I guess that just was such, it feels like such a long time ago that I didn't think, and you know, here's right. why I wasn't perfect. I wasn't a professional dancer. So in my mind, it didn't count. Right. Which is not the right. I don't, I don't think that way anymore. But when I was younger, that was, I was like, oh, it's just a hobby. So it doesn't count. And that's not true. You but. know what that is? You know, what tells you that what? <laughs> capitalism. Oh, damn it. should I'm ready for that. I should have known. <laughs> it's a really interesting thing that you say that, how you didn't feel like you were creative. Mm-hmm. I'm the opposite. Like I was definitely like born out of the womb and my mother was like, the cat is so creative. She's so creative. This this daughter of ours is so creative. So I think like my parents reinforced it with messaging also. Yeah. Um, I think all kids are creative. In fact, like I saw something on TikTok the other day. I have not fact-checked this, so you can call me out <laughs> if I'm not right on this. But apparently they did some tests where it was like they took five-year-olds and they did some like creative tests on them and they found that 97.8% of all five-year-olds were creative geniuses and then they tested these kids all again at like age eight and age 12 and age 15 and every time the number dropped off more and more and more and more until you know we get to be adults and then it's like five percent of adults or whatever but it just goes to show you we all are innately inside ourselves creative geniuses we literally are but this system just like pounds it out of us until we have nothing left but broken pieces of our dreams that we thought we were going to accomplish that we probably never will (laughs) oh jesus it took a turn i think we will though because we have tried to reclaim Mm -hmm. our creativity yeah that's what i was gonna say because you when you think about like 
I so I work a full time job and there are some days where like I am so mentally exhausted that the idea of doing anything beyond just like trying to eat something and then watching a, a TV show so that I can just sort of relax and then go to sleep is like the only thing that I can think about. So the getting back into writing in the last almost two years, I think has really like sparked creativity just in other ways, sort of. And I do, I don't know, I'm rambling, but I was going to say, I just think like, but by the time we become adults and are the expectations are, you've got to work, you have to earn money, you got to pay off your debt, you got to buy a house, you got to pay a mortgage, you got to pay that power bill. Maybe you have to get married. Maybe you have to have kids. Maybe you don't have to do any of that, but you still have to support yourself. Maybe you have to support family members. Maybe you have to help support friends. Oh my God, you have to do all these things. And then one day you just wake up and you're like, shit, so much time has passed me by. And I think that that's what has been worrying me so much these last few years because I'm almost 40 which is insane to me but you're just a baby to me oh thank you (laughs) (laughs) but I but I think I finally came to a point where I was like if I don't do it now I will never do it like what am I waiting for so yeah reclaiming creativity I like that that's what that is I feel that's so hard because I think there's also so much messaging about how you have to make it young. You have to know what you want to do when you're in your twenties. Like you won't be as successful this or that, like especially in creative fields, unless you do it right away, right out of college from 18, you have to be a prodigy, but that's not true because you and I are both in our late thirties. I didn't pick up writing again until my mid thirties. I had taken a lot of time off from anything creative, really cut that part Mm -hmm. of myself off. I felt like I was dead inside because of that. And, Mm -hmm. but you never lose it because it is innately a part of you. And there is no fucking timeline on when you can do something or be good at something or because, especially when it comes to creativity, maybe there is for being a professional fucking basketball player, right? Because Mm -hmm. yes, your body, there are time limits on your physical body, but it, because I fully believe that creativity is innate within each and every one of us, I think if you have access and the ability, the time you will, you will reclaim it if Mm -hmm. you want to, it will happen. It is a painful process. Oh yeah. Because it's not like you just pick something up and you're like, I'm great at this. (laughs) Oh, I've retapped into my inner child and now I can just create the way I used to when I was four years old and like playing Mm -hmm. with my friends or whatever. Yeah. uh, I feel like it's, it's something that everybody is owed in life and that, Mm -hmm. you know, we've been stripped. That's been stripped from us in a really kind of tragic way. Yeah, no, I fully agree. That's why I think, well, this is just going to be cheesy, but I would always say like, if you love things, love them. And who cares if people think it's like silly or lame or whatever. Cause like I used to worry about that a lot. Right. Uh, just about what people would think and how silly it was that I was so into, well, how much I loved romance books. Yes. There yes. we go. That's the example. I never, never talked about it with anybody. And now I, thought, I talk about it with everybody, <laughs> like for the most part. Um, And I'm not like ashamed of the fact that that's what I read. My partner knows, like I never talked to him about that stuff before. And now I'm like, hey, I like these books. And he'll thumb, I'll catch him thumbing through them. And I'm like, see, there's something wrong with it. <laughs> I love, oh, I love that. I, I totally agree because we again like are told so often that things that we like are wrong or Mm -hmm. that you know there's peer pressure there's ways that we want to conform and fit in and I think that's all normal and natural but it's also like can be incredibly toxic especially when we're in like a lot of toxic environments like a lot of schools breed toxicity you know especially Mm -hmm. us elder millennials growing up in a time eating disorder central like (laughs) 
Like nothing was, you couldn't like anything or things were just like very superficial at the time because that was a time of like boy bands coming up into the ether. And uh, it was a rough, it was a rough time to come up. I'll just say that. <laughs> yeah. Elder Millennial We had some weird shit. Like the underbelly of that, I think what happened was we also got the internet and that saved me. I don't know about you, but like the internet mm-hmm. kept me in touch with a lot of my creativity. And I credit the internet because because it, it opened me up to other parts of the world. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, you know, I wasn't not even the world, just like parts, things that were outside of my like immediate family and outside of my yeah. immediate like area vicinity. Uh, and I think that actually helped me stay in touch with myself more than a lot of people do. Uh, I just, you know, and I'm a night owl. So I'd spend like a lot of nights just up late, like reading and fan fiction. You know, that was oh, yeah. a thing, all those things. I feel like I'm going off the rails a little, but stay with me. No, no, it makes sense. I did that. I mean, just spent like the rabbit holes I would go down or still do on the internet of being like, let me look up this one thing four hours later. Holy crap. Did you know that this thing about this town in this state and the crazy things that have happened there? Like I, that was, it really does like open up a whole new, I mean, there's obviously, we can say all kinds of things about the internet, right? Like there's pros and cons to it, but we're talking about creativity. Look at TikTok. Yeah. Look at how people are able to express their creativity it's like mind-blowing to me and authenticity is rewarded on tiktok like i know there's a lot of discourse about how celebrities like some celebrities just cannot fucking hang on tiktok and it's because they lack authenticity they lack relatability and their whole platform was kind of built on being untouchable being Mm -hmm. rich being perfect and now we just have people coming in literally on their toilets giving like monologues about how they hate men i'm thinking about drew afwalo who i love um (laughs) and just like hitting it big right Right? And people being like, yes, that that is a person we want to listen to, we want to give our attention to. But I think what you're describing also, just like the rabbit holes that you spend time on that we're like really shamed for quote unquote wasting our time on, that is yeah. like covertly trying to get in touch with yourself, I think. Mm-hmm. It's a covert way, it's an undercover way to try to like find who you are again. Yeah. Finding out what you like too. Just no matter what it is. Like some finding out interests that you nobody you never would have been exposed to. Like, I don't know. I was a giant history nerd growing up. So I used to just research like different periods of time in history. Like that was what I did on the internet. Um <laughs> Yeah. Oh wow, that's embarrassing. But like I did and I loved it. And it was so educational. And part of it was I I think I liked all that because from an early age I was reading just adventure books, right? Like the YA books I read as a kid they were people that were going on quests um, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to do that desperately and so I found that kind of stuff on the internet why don't you write some kind of adventure romance is that in the cards for you um I don't have any like particular ideas around that but I mean maybe now I will I don't know I hadn't thought about it yeah it's a good thing to explore a modern day romancing the stone yes I mean I love that as just like a I'm sure there have been some done but I just like that as a a log line like a contemporary romancing the stone that's like how (laughs) oh you actually gave me this is not about your novella is this cool with you that we're just going full off topic okay so Gabby you read um a 
book of mine that I'm putting out in 2023, one way mm-hmm. or another. It's it's one way or another. I'm gonna get you. It's coming out. And <laughs> so the two holiday novellas that I'm releasing are tied into this novel that I'm. Mm-hmm. Um, releasing in 2023. But the holiday novellas, it's about a group of three female friends. And two of the female friends are in the novella and the other one is in the novel. So you gave me but you read that novel. Mm -hmm. I will say I've definitely gotten mixed reviews from people (laughs) about it. (laughs) Which is really funny because I personally was like, I love this. I love what I've done. I and I normally I have like so much, you know, like I I have so much uncertainty about how I feel about my own stuff. But when I wrote that novel, I was like, yes, yes, this is like, this is my style. I'm like finding my style more. I'm like kind of delving into like a different structure and form. Like I felt like it was done in kind of like a way I hadn't seen before. Mm -hmm. And then just some of the brutal feedback I got about that novel. I love that book. I no, I truly did. Oh well, what I was I was gonna say is you actually gave me something that I have that I am going to use for this book, which mm-hmm. is because you were like, oh, it kind of has like breakfast at Tiffany's vibes. That's what you said. Yep. Um, and I decided this book is a is up in the air meets breakfast at Tiffany's for spicy yep. romance readers, and that is essentially the marketing angle that I'm going with for that book. That's awesome. That's exactly yeah. what it is. It really, yeah. No, that's so perfect. That sounds good to you, listener. Let's wait for 2023. <laughs> Seriously, it's I, a really good book you guys I loved it oh my god you're so kind I loved it so much doing it I did not feel that way about partner track I've not felt that way about other books I've written I've never Mm -hmm. felt like wow this was something I discovered and then just when people didn't like it I was like honestly it made me when people like certain people read it and they didn't like it which is totally fine and I'm not angry Mm -hmm. about anyone not liking it it made me realize how much I value my own feelings in my own artistic path because I was like I actually felt she shielded more from that kind of criticism because I was like, well, as long as I like it, that's what matters. And I have never felt that level of confidence in my writing before. I think that's like a really big milestone to be able to be that confident in what you've written. And because everybody has their own personal taste. But if you can go, I don't give a shit. I fucking love that book. Yeah. All right. First time I've ever felt that way. And look, so if I can get there, you can get there. You'll get there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I clearly have never felt that way about anything that I've written. Um, Not yet. But I haven't written as much stuff yet. I will say I yes. feel proud. of. I feel I do feel good about what I wrote for the novella. Yeah. Like I when I ended, I spent like nine hours on Sunday, like working on it before I sent it to um, my editor. And I was just like in such a groove because, you know, those days where you're like trying to like just crank out words and whatever. I wrote like I think I wrote for like probably four thousand new words that day that I added to the story um between like deleting and adding and whatever yeah and I was like this didn't even feel like work you know like and that was where I was like you know people talk about or like a runner's high I was like is there a writer's high did I yes absolutely did I hit that it's called a flow state and yes you did yeah. okay I've only been there a few times and I think the more you it is you know the parallels between running and writing are so annoyingly accurate like because here's the thing right runners (laughs) are the lamest like the (laughs) lamest people and I say that with love because I have a very good friend who is like a very long distance runner my sister was a long distance runner but like like y'all know runners are crazy like they they ain't right in the head right but you know what neither are writers we too (laughs) We are not. (laughs) So 
Now, if you're a writer and runner, please message us so I can block you on all social media because I'm sure you're in fucking sufferable. <laughs> kidding. I kid, I kid. I used to run, but I never liked it. And, and that that's the spirit right there. I was not good at it either. So no, I quit same. because I quit things I'm not good at. Look, <laughs> that's that's underrated. Sometimes you should give things up. You should not that's hold true. on to everything. Yeah, totally agree with that. You can't do yeah. it all. No, it's nice that you, you tried it. <laughs> nice for running. It was nice for running that I gave it a try. I think <laughs> runners are like a certain kind of masochist and writers are also a certain kind of masochist, but in like a different, yeah. just like a different, we're using different things, you know? Yeah, it's, but it's still, they're both exhausting and yeah. they'll both like wear you out. Um, my back is going to wear out probably a lot uh, faster than a Fucking same, same. Good my Lord. back is fucked. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's It's been such a journey. I feel like since we have only known each other for like a year and we have been on a fucking journey. I know. This is so cool. I just, I'm going to get real sappy for a second, but like, Kat is the first person that I ever like met in like on like we met on a zoom remember like after we talked for a few months after I like forced you to be my friend and then (laughs) you were like you want to you want to do a writing sprint and I was like what the fuck is that and we got on a couple zooms and then we got and then we you formed our, our sprint group and like I really had no idea that we would all just become such good friends um but it's like it's uh it's totally the reason that I'm still I think like doing this that was lot easier to give up if I was only had myself to be accountable to which is not my strong suit um so I mean other people are there it helps I think we're similar in that way because I too will give up when I have nobody to be accountable to yeah. I, th- I think you reach like a threshold at some point where you start to look like you I think you have to learn to be accountable first before mm-hmm. you can be accountable if that makes sense so it's like yeah people have to teach you how you have to learn within like a community of people and then you can do mm-hmm. it on your own if you need yeah. to like you can rely on yourself more but it's definitely like a group effort sometimes like especially for someone like me you know who's always like had trouble with things like deadlines or like you know just procrastination or yeah uh, any kind of executive functioning I've always had a lot of issues with so but I feel that I've improved a ton I'm like amazed when I see it it's funny too like I don't remember exactly the first time we did a zoom but I don't ever remember it feeling weird no and I I really think it was like last it was when we were both doing NaNoWriMo last November oh my god yes oh my god oh my god it was NaNoWriMo and I, yeah, I remember that when we uh, jumped on a few times. And at first I was like, hi, internet friend. <laughs> I'm going to make it weird. Um, but then it really, it really wasn't weird. You did not make it weird. And also, I'll give myself credit. I'm pretty good at making people comfortable. <laughs> no, I think. True. I'm just laughing at the way you said it. No, you are. You definitely are. <laughs> Um, one thing I'm sad about is that I am not doing NaNoWriMo this year, even though I really want to, but I'm not doing it because I just had to get those fucking novellas finished. I just had to fucking do it. And I was like, I cannot do two things at once right now because I'm, it would be doing three things at once, I guess, because there's just too many moving pieces. Um, and I don't want to start late, but also part of me does kind of want to start, but I don't know. I like, I like doing the whole thing in its entirety. Um, I I don't know. I was about to say, you could still do it. I mean, the rules, I mean, 
mean, whatever rules they're loosey goosey, but I do just like the structure of it. And I like yeah. feeling like I'm keeping up with the structure and it's already kind of passed, but we'll see. Maybe I'll do something. Yeah. Um, I've I been real overwhelmed by that structure last year. I cannot, I think maybe it was too much too fast. Yeah. And I also did not know what the fuck I was writing <laughs> in true me fashion. I did not plot. Like I thought that I had. So do you that think made that will difficult. change now? Yes, I well, I'm trying to make it I'm trying to change it. Um, because I've seen so like the book that I wrote earlier this year is it's like a, you know, it's, it's, it's a couple different stories really put together in one, right? Because I kept changing my mind as I went, because I didn't have a very clear vision of what I was going to do when I was writing it. So that's why I haven't edited it. Edited it? Yes, I haven't done that yet because I know that it means I'm going to have to replot it probably and kind of rewrite most of it. And that feels overwhelming, whereas I would just rather start fresh with, you know, with a whole new thing. But I'm really trying to plot out the entire, an entire story before I start writing anything else. Like my goal is to do that um, because I think it'll make my life a lot easier. Absolutely. It will. I think it does. I think um, what I have learned is what I've learned from this novella is how to write in layers. And that's Mm -hmm. been really useful to me. And I think um, I, I know you have used it before, but there is a, an online course, like an online kind of thing is it called writing mastery i always forget the name of it okay with jessica brody who wrote saves the cat writes a novel which i know some people really fucking hate i get it i love it it works really well for me but she does like i will say that that whole course all the courses she does so worth the money like Mm -hmm. so fucking worth the money because i learned a ton about just like how to um how to write a novel without the expectation that your first pass is going to be perfect like i really had to learn that and then how you layer it on and fix it and go through it and like work the pieces like she does a she has a really good way of breaking it down and I it didn't it didn't click right away with me right like I had to like watch it and like be like yeah I'm gonna try this and I just like couldn't ever quite get it but then with these novellas I was finally able to put like that that became like practicum I guess you call it Mm -hmm. I don't really know you know what I mean like I was actually able to use that strategy to um like clean up my stories and like you know make sure I'm not saying they're the cleanest stories of all time but they're they're doing okay they do okay on their own well and I I wasn't I used writing mastery too for a little while I didn't keep it up but really I mean if it is something that you can like work into your budget it's fairly inexpensive I think it was 10 or 12 dollars a month it might be more Um, now like 15 maybe um, maybe yeah yeah. but it was it was well worth the subscription while I had it because if nothing else going through the the course about fast drafting um that you told me about you were like you got to go listen to this part like if you don't do anything else watch this and so I did and like that's always in my head when I'm writing just sort of like the very basic tenets of what she talks about and what fast drafting is and like how Same. To do it. that was really transformative to me when yeah. I would just hearing that course but again it, it always takes me like I'll learn something and then it takes me a while to actually put it into practice it just takes some time you know things have yeah. to simmer you gotta let things come to a boil before you can put them in the oven I <laughs> mean put the, put the pasta in the pot or like <laughs> Yeah, before you can throw in the pasta, before you can salt the water. I don't know. Um, What else? Is there anything else you would like to talk about? Um, What's on your mind? uh, What is on my mind? Just, I mean, now I'm in like figuring out the mark, like figuring out marketing and like do this step, then do this step. then And like I've had conversations with SJ, which has been really helpful to be like, she kind of like laid out like, well, you do this and then you do this and then you do this. And it's like so helpful to have somebody 
who has like self-published multiple times to like you know know when to do what and all that so I'm I'm, I'm kind of just figuring that part out now and it's fun I like I, I enjoy I like marketing not that I'm like some sort of a like guru at it but like I enjoy it in general mm-hmm. I think it's fun um which is helpful so yeah just like planning that stuff so congratulations you did the thing thank again you. I did the thing. thing and thank you for coming on as a last minute guest yeah as, as I was too tired and I was gonna try guilt her into it but I hate guilting people into things and I never want to make people do anything they don't want to do she was just really legitimately super tired so I was like but I wanted to stick with putting out episodes for uh for the month of November and I knew that you had big stuff happening and I figured now's the time well thank you I appreciate it and I'm very no, excited you. for your novellas I'm excited to read them and to I'm talk I'm gonna talk the, talk the fuck out of them oh my god likewise likewise um well i guess that's it so everybody make sure you pick up gabby's novella it's coming out soon it's called snowden fling super yep. cute super holiday-esque it's gonna be real steamy but also just like give you all the vibes and all the feels so i think <laughs> And plus, again, on Kindle Unlimited, and it's a novella, what have you got to lose? You know, live your life right. Uh, You can also get my novellas when they come out. They are called Holiday Games and Hotel Games. And we'll talk about that later. And Gabby, you're always welcome to come on whenever the fuck you'd like. So I think with that, um, where can we find you one more time? Uh, Instagram and TikTok. My handle is gmariewrites. All right. And you can find me. I'm Kat at Catwin Author on most platforms. You can also find SJ if you so wish to find her on most platforms at SJ Tilly Author. Almost forgot for a second. And if you like us and you like this podcast, you can follow us at Tall Dark and Fictional at Tall Dark Fictional with no and on Instagram and TDF Pod on Twitter and TikTok. And again, Gabby, thank you so much. I'm so excited. Thank you. Listener. Thanks for having me on. And to the listeners. Thanks for coming. And we did it. Hooray. I, ten. I remember someone so bright then. I was really trying not to cry then. I was really hugging you goodbye then. You can run my MP3 when I'm dead. Play the shit and listen to what I said.